So today, what we really want to do is we want to look into a parable in the Bible called the parable of the talents. And it is a really a story on faithfulness. So I want to read this parable for you. But before that, I want to give you a context of this parable, all right? So at this point in time, Jesus was sharing a list of parables uh, to his disciples, to the audience, sharing with them about what the kingdom of God is like. Basically, how things operate in God's kingdom. And I believe it is applicable to us because it also teaches us how you and I, we should be like as Christians, all right? So are you ready to look into the parable of the talents? So look with me to Matthew chapter 25 and verse 14 to verse 30. So I'm going to read it uh, for you and it's going to be a little bit long. So could you stay with me throughout this whole parable, all right? So verse 14, the Bible says this, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things, and I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, he also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, and I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you had not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your, tal- hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and get it where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming, I would have received back with my own interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right, so here we see the parable of the talents. And and it's really reflective of us as Christians as well. So here, as we read this parable, the master here really represents God or Jesus. You know, and here, the servants, it really represents you and I as Christians. And here, the master gave the the servants talents. And what are really talents here, all right? In the original context of the word talent in Greek is talanton. So really, this word talent represents a biblical measure of weight. And one talent weighs about 35 kilograms. And often it is used to measure a weight in terms of gold or silver. So it literally means money. So the master was giving money to each of the servants. And in fact, one talent of gold, it's actually 35 kilograms of gold, you know, in Singapore dollars, it's about $1.7 million. 
So even one talent is no small amount of money. And so here, talents here represents more than just the skills or abilities that we have, but I believe it represents the resources, the opportunities, the finances, the energy that God has given to each of us as His servants. So here, this parable of the talents really is a picture of us and God. And we notice one thing from this parable, that God has given all of the servants talents. None of them at the first instant walked away empty-handed. They all had talents, one, two, and five. No one was left out. So when you read this parable, we can understand that as servants, as Christians, you know what? All of us have talents. No matter what, God has given all of us talents. So turn to your neighbor once again and say, you've got talent. You know what? Our talents may look different from one another, but God has given you unique gifts, resources, opportunities, designed, catered just for you. And, and some of us, you know, God may give one, God may give two, or God may give five talents, and we may have different talents, and some of us, we may even have different amounts of talents. And some people may ask, hey, you know what? then God is not fair. You know, God should have given like two talents, two talents, two talents to everybody. You know, but the truth of the fact is that the Bible says that God, the master, gave to each of the servants according to his or her own ability. You know, if I were to put myself in this uh, story of the parable of the talents, you know, I would imagine that I would be the guy with the one talent. Do you know why? Because if you look at me, you know that I'm not the strongest of men. And one talent by itself, it is 35 kilograms. So it's really heavy to already carry one talent of gold or one talent of silver. Can you imagine if the master gave me five talents? That is 175 kilograms. I would not be able to bring it home, let alone bring it to the bank. And so here what happens is that the blessing will become a burden to me. So God is not fair, but He's very just and He's very wise. Because He gives according to each our own ability, according to what we can bear. Because if not, the blessing would very easily become a burden to us. So that's where I love my Jesus. I love my God. He knows exactly what you and I need. But the point and the focus of this whole entire parable is not so much of how many talents we've got or, or how many the, the master gave us, but the focus of this parable was what the servant did with the talents that was given to them. So here we see two groups of servants. We see the, a, a group of unfaithful servants and another group of faithful servants. And, and I believe that this represents kind of two groups of people in the world or rather two groups of Christians that are out there in the world as well. To the unfaithful, the master would say, you wicked and lazy servant. But to the faithful servant, Jesus would say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, I do not know about you, but I want to be counted in the second group. That I want to be a faithful servant from God. That one day when I come before Jesus Christ, Jesus will say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I believe that you and I, let's be that faithful servant. Amen? So how do we become that faithful servant? You know, in this parable, it teaches us what faithfulness is all about. 
And what does it mean to be faithful? So as we dive into this parable, I want to share with you five points on what it means to be faithful. So are you ready? The first thing about faithfulness we can learn from this parable is that faithfulness is expressed in fruitfulness. You know, when I read, first read this parable, I used to wonder to myself, hey, you know, this guy with the one talent, at the end when the master came back, he still had one. He didn't lose that talent. I, I mean, he was faithful to that talent, right? You know, why did God call him unfaithful? But I believe here Jesus was challenging our benchmark and our idea of what faithfulness is. He's lifting out our mindset. He's saying that, you know what, in God's kingdom, you know, faithfulness is not just maintaining, but in God's kingdom, faithfulness is obtaining. To Jesus, to God, faithfulness is not just maintaining, but faithfulness is multiplying. So friends, in life, we achieve what we aim for. And so, if we have the world's mindset of faithfulness and we, we, we aim for maintenance, world standard faithfulness, then that's what we get. But I believe through this parable, God is challenging us to lift up our benchmark and our mindset of what faithfulness is. He's saying that faithfulness is multiplying. Faithfulness is obtaining. Faithfulness is fruitfulness. And that's what God wants us to be. We can learn that from this, that the evidence of faithfulness is fruitfulness. So when we say that you and I, we want to be faithful to God, it means that we need to be fruitful in our relationship with our Jesus. That means that, that if we are faithful to God, our relationship with God should be, should be fruitful, should be growing, that we love God more and more each and every day. That we have greater and greater revelations from God, grow closer and intimacy with our Jesus. We know His Word more. We love His Word even more. You know, when we say we are faithful to God, it means that uh, we are growing in our character. And that's why the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit, of love, joy, peace, gentleness, self-control. And, and that's where we want to grow and be fruitful in our character. And that's what God means by faithfulness. You see, sometimes as Christians, we have the wrong mindset of what faithfulness is. We think that being faithful to God means just coming to church every Sunday for the next 50 years of my life, and I'm considered a faithful Christian. You know, God is challenging and lifting out our mindset on what faithfulness is. He's saying, will you be faithful? It means that you will be fruitful. That means we are progressing in our walk with God. It means that we are progressing in, in serving Him and loving Him. So maybe if you have just joined us for the last few months and, and you've been coming to church every week, maybe the next step of faithfulness is for you to start your follow-up Bible study lessons. Maybe for some of us here, you know, the next step of faithfulness is coming to serve in a ministry. Maybe for, the next, for some of us here, the next step of faithfulness is coming to rise up to say, my leader, I want to rise up to do something more in church. I want to rise up to be a leader in the house of God. And that is God's definition of faithfulness. The evidence of faithfulness is fruitfulness. Even as leaders, when we say we want to be faithful uh, to our ministries or faithful to our connect groups, then it means that it has to be fruitful. It means that we have to be progressing. Uh, the people have to get stronger. Your connect group will be growing. That is what faithfulness is all about. And I believe this also applies in relationships, in marriages, in our marriages. You know what? A, a faithful marriage is a fruitful marriage as well. Because the evidence of faithfulness is fruitfulness. Amen? Amen? 
So how do you and I be fruitful? You know, we can learn from this parable that faithfulness is not passive but progressive. It is active. You see, the problem with the unfaithful servant is this. The master called out and said, you wicked and lazy servant. You see, the unfaithful servant was lazy. He was passive. You see, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, he teaches us that each of you should use whatever gift. Everyone say use. Use, use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As what? It's faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We are stewards of the talents, of the gifts that God has given to us. And if we are faithful to them, we should be using these gifts. Using this gift, it is active, it is progressing to love people, to build the house of God, to serve God, to do great things for Jesus Christ, to reach out to our friends, to build God a great church, to do, change the world for Jesus Christ. And that is God's definition of faithfulness. In fact, if you don't use it, you run the risk of losing it. You know, you look at the servant with the one talent. He was not fruitful. And in the end, he even lost that one talent that he had. So let's, you and I, be faithful Christians. And let's use the talents that God has given to us. And let's be progressive. That's what God's definition of faithfulness is all about. Faithfulness is expressed in fruitfulness. Amen? The second thing that we can learn from this parable is that faithfulness requires faith. Faithfulness requires faith. See, the reason why the unfaithful servant was unfaithful was because he had fear in his heart, not faith. You see, look at this. The, the, the servant said this, the unfaithful servant said, and I was afraid. And I was afraid. And when it hit your talent in the ground. See, he didn't have faith, but he had fear. See, the problem of fear is this. Sometimes the fear of failure forfeits our opportunity for success. The fear of failure forfeits the opportunity for success. God's thoughts towards us of good and not of evil to give us a future and a hope, to give you success. But if we allow fear to get the better of us, then it will forfeit our opportunity for success. See, the difference between these two servants, the unfaithful servant, you know what? He buried the gift and exposed his fear. But the faithful servant buried the fear and exposed the gift. You know, don't let fear hold you back. You know, you can't have faithfulness without faith. In fact, you can't even spell faithfulness without faith. You see, I, I've noticed that, you know, people stop being faithful when they lose faith. People stop coming to church faithfully when they have lost their faith in God. You know, leaders stop leading faithfully when they lost faith that God can use them to change lives and make a difference. In marriages, marriages stop being faithful when they have lost faith in their spouse, in each other. You see, when our faith licks, our faithfulness wavers. When our faith licks, our faithfulness wavers. But God is saying, if you want to be faithful, you need to have faith. That you will keep the faith, that no matter what happens, will you keep faith in God, even though you don't hear the answers to your prayers yet, even though you don't see the breakthrough yet, even though you don't see the miracle yet, you will still have faith again and again and again because faithfulness requires faith. 
In fact, I'll say this. Faithfulness is faith on repeat. Faithfulness is faith on repeat. Will you keep your faith on repeat? That means that no matter what happens, I'm going to keep my faith in God. The next week, the next month, the next year, I'm going to keep having faith in God. I'm going to keep having faith for that breakthrough. I'm going to keep having faith for my connect groups. I'm going to keep having faith for the salvation of my friends and my family. I'm going to keep having faith for my life. I'm going to keep having faith for that miracle because faithfulness is faith on repeat. That you may not see the end yet, you may not see the fruits yet, you may not see the, the breakthrough yet, the miracle yet, the answered prayers yet, but you will just keep having faith again and again and again and again and again, and that is what faithfulness is. Amen? Amen. Let's keep having faith because that's what faithfulness is all about. Faithfulness requires faith. Amen? Amen? The third thing that we can learn from this parable is that faithfulness is an attitude. Faithfulness is an attitude. Do you realize that faithfulness was not dependent on the number of talents the servants had? See, all of these three servants, they had different abilities. They had abilities, you know. That's why they were given talents according to their abilities. They also had talents. But what really set them apart was their attitude. Faithfulness is not an ability, but an attitude. And to me, that is really good news. Because it means that every one of us can be faithful. It's nothing to do with our abilities, but it has everything to do with our attitudes. See, the two-talent person multiplied it to four. The five-talent person, servant, multiplied it to ten. The five was not more uh, faithful than the two. They were both equally faithful. Because to God, it's not just about the portion, but about the proportion. It's not just about the number of talents you have, but what you do with the talents. Are you faithful to multiplying them? That's what God is looking for. God is looking for an attitude of faithfulness. You see, why is the unfaithful servant unfruitful? Because he had an unfaithful attitude. You know, look with me in verse 24, and this is what he said. The unfaithful servant said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look there, you have what is yours. So here we see an unfaithful attitude. And what does an unfaithful attitude consist of? It consists of someone that's making excuses all the time. You know, last week, Pastor Charleston shared about how when you lose all your excuses, you find all your results. You know, that's so true, because in life, we can either make progress or make excuses. You see, this unfaithful servant, he made excuses. What does he, he blamed other people. It's not me, it's you, you Lord, that, that, that I was afraid of you. He had a victim mentality. He was complaining. He thinks that God is unfair. You know, friends, if we have any of these attitudes, then you know what? We will have an unfaithful attitude and you will be unfruitful. So you know what? You and I, we need to evaluate ourselves, get rid of unfaithful attitudes in our life, that we will take responsibility of the talents that God has given to us, that we will stop making excuses, 
We will stop blaming other people. We we will start having the victim mentality. We will start complaining and thinking that God is not fair. You bless him more than you bless me. His testimony is better than my testimony. You know, stop that because what you need to do is not focus on other people's talents. Focus on the talent that God has given you. He has given you responsibility for those talents. Use it, multiply it, be fruitful. You and I, we need to have the right attitude in life. Because faithfulness is an attitude. Amen? Amen. The fourth thing that we can learn from this parable is that faithfulness is a prerequisite for leadership. Faithfulness is a prerequisite for leadership. And it's interesting, look at what the master said to the faithful servant. He said this, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, and I will make you not servant over many things, but ruler. See, he didn't say, he says, I will make you ruler over many things. So here we see that the servant got a promotion. He's no longer just a servant over many things, but now he is a leader, a ruler over many things. You see, the point of this whole entire exercise of the master giving the talents to the servants it's not, the point of the whole, this, all this exercise is not investment, but identification. The master is not out there to see how much he can get back. It's not about investment, but it's about identification. God was not looking for good servants. He was looking for faithful leaders. So friends, today, I believe God's in our midst looking not just for good servants, but He's looking for faithful leaders. He's looking for leaders who will be faithful to the process and that will make them fit for the promise. Will we be leaders that will be faithful to the process, that will make us fit for the promises that God has given to us? Friends, today God is looking for leaders. God is looking for people He can trust. So this whole parable of the talents can really be called the test of the talents. It was a test to find leaders. You know, isn't, you notice one thing, that, that the master gave each of the servants a ta- a t- the different talents, and after that, he left them. He went away. You know, he was silent. You know, Pastor Ha once taught us that when God is silent, you know that you are taking a test. So it was a test that was happening, because God is interested in how people behave in the absence of God. How people behave when no one is looking. Because God is looking for people that He can trust. And these two faithful servants, they passed the test of faithfulness. So the master knew that they could be trusted. You know, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 2, it teaches us that it says that now it is required that those who had been given a trust must prove faithful. That if you want God to trust you, If you want to be trustworthy, you must first be found faithful because your faithfulness makes you trustworthy. Because you must understand this principle that while love is given, trust has to be earned. Love is given. God loves us and God loves us and the Bible says God so loved the world. He gave His Son to us. And God loves every single one of us and love is given. But however, Trust has to be earned. 
This applies to our relationships with each other, to, you know, to, to church leadership, but this also applies to our relationship with God. You know, while love is given, trust has to be earned. And so God is looking for people He can trust, leaders He can trust. You know, a lot of times as Christians, we, we talk about us putting our trust in God. And that's very important, and that's so true. We must trust God. But today I want to flip that around. And for us to evaluate ourselves, are we someone that God can put His trust in? That I want to be a faithful servant, a faithful leader that God will say, I can trust in you. So God is looking for such leaders, amen? It has to do with what we do with our talents. See, another interesting thing to note about this is that do you realize that when the master left the servants, he didn't give them any command? He didn't give them any instruction. He didn't even tell them to say, okay, I want you to multiply those talents. He didn't give any instruction or command. Why? Because the master was looking for leaders. Because the master understood that while servants obey instructions, leaders take initiative. Leaders take initiative. He was looking for leaders. You know, the irony of life in our walk with God, sometimes there's some people, some Christians, we're always waiting for God's instructions. But sometimes God is waiting for someone to take initiative. You know, sometimes... You know, we always want to wait for that burning bush moment for the angel of heaven to come down before us and give us the word from heaven, that command for heaven, this is your purpose, this is what I'm calling you to do. And we are waiting for that instruction from God. But you know what? When God is silent, sometimes He's waiting for us to take initiative. You don't have to wait for that instruction from God. But if you are a faithful leader, you will rise up to take initiative and say, God, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to multiply my talents. I'm going to change the world for you. I'm going to do something. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to take action. Amen. So today, maybe some of us, God is silent. And God is waiting and looking for good and faithful leaders. Maybe some of you here, you have dreams to be a leader in the house of God, and that's awesome. But it starts by being faithful. Will you be faithful to the little things that has been given to you, faithful to the little responsibilities that you are given to you because God is watching. Amen? Amen. So faithfulness is a prerequisite for leadership. Last but not least, faithfulness is an expression of love. See, the difference between the unfaithful servant and the faithful servant, the unfaithful servant thought all about himself, but the faithful servant thought about his master. The unfaithful servant focused on what he was given, but the faithful servant focused on what he could give back to God. You know, a famous quote once said this, that your talent is God's gift to you, and what you do with it is your gift to God. So God has given us talents, resources, opportunities, abilities, And that's God's gift to us. But will we not look inward, but look upward? And we say, God, I want to multiply those gifts and I just want to give it back to you. I want to be that faithful servant because to the faithful servant, he didn't see it as an obligation, but he saw it as a privilege. To the faithful servant, he didn't see it as a job, 
but he saw it as a relationship. You know, he, the faithful servant will say, that master, I want to be faithful because I love you. Because what is important to you is important to me. Your interest is my interest. You know, that's what relationship is built on. Even between a husband and a wife, you, you want to be faithful to one another because you love each other. In the same way we say, if heart of God church, we say we love Jesus, then let's be faithful to our God. Let's be faithful to Him. You know why? Because Jesus was first faithful to us. Jesus loved us and that's why He was faithful unto the cross. That He died on the cross for our sins. The Bible says that God, we have a faithful God because He loves us. Famous verse, Lamentations 3, the Bible says that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. God loves us so much, so much, so much, my friends. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Why? Great is thy faithfulness. God's faithfulness is great. God's faithfulness is amazing because His love is amazing. God loves us so much and that's why He is faithful to us. Let's give our God, our faithful God, our loving God, a big, big hand. So God loves us and that's why He's faithful to us. But today, I wonder what our response is. Or we say, God, I want to be faithful. Just as how you're faithful to me, I want to be faithful to you because I love you, God. It's not even about the promotion. It's not even about the multiplying my talents so that I would have more. It's not, I mean, those are great. But most of all, I just want to be faithful to you, God, because I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. And as a church, will we be faithful to God? Because we say, God, we love you. We love you. Amen. So from this parable, we learn a few things about faithfulness. Number one, we learn that faithfulness is expressed in fruitfulness. That, that we must be progressing. We must be multiplying. Amen. We must use our talents. Lift up our, our benchmark of what faithfulness is. Number two, faithfulness requires faith that we need to put our faith on repeat. Sometimes when our faith leaks, that's when our faithfulness wavers. Faithfulness, number three, is an attitude. Maybe some of us, we need to change the attitudes that we have in our hearts, in our lives. Get rid of the unfaithful attitudes. Faithfulness is a prerequisite for leadership. You know, God is testing us whether we can be trusted, whether we will take initiative. And I found faithfulness at the end of the day is an expression of our love to Jesus Christ. The end of the day is because we love you, Jesus, so much. So as individuals, let's be counted among the faithful. Amen. That, that we, let's be faithful servants of Jesus Christ that my goal, my life goal is that if Jesus doesn't come back, and one day I meet God and Jesus face to face in heaven, that Jesus would say, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
I wonder if you will make that your life goal as well. That when you see Jesus face to face, His hands will be wide open, His big smile on His face, and He will say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. You were faithful over these things, and now I'll make you ruler, and that we will rule and reign with God. And God will say, enter into my joy. Amen. Come stand up me and your feet right now. Hallelujah. The presence of God is here. And as we close our eyes from the front to the back, I just feel that God may be speaking to some of us here. Maybe for some of us here, God is just lifting up our mindset of what faithfulness is all about. We, we thought it was maintaining, but God's saying, you got to set multiply. You got to start being fruitful. Maybe for some of us here, you know what I'm talking about, that your faithfulness is wavering. Your faithfulness to God, to church, to reading your Bible, to doing your quiet time, your faithfulness as leaders in church, or, you know, it's kind of wavering because your faith is leaking. Maybe God's saying, I'm going to put in a new measure of faith in you, that it's time to put your faith on repeat. Maybe for some of us here, you know what? God wants us to be faithful. Because God is testing us whether we would rise up to take initiative, whether we will rise up to be someone that says, God, I want to be trusted. I want to be someone that you can trust, God. I want to be a leader. And though you are maybe silent, I'm going to rise up to take initiative. I'm going to rise up to take initiative. I want to be faithful. And maybe for some of us here, God is saying, will you be faithful? Will you, because faithfulness is an attitude. Maybe we have some unfaithful attitudes in our hearts. Maybe we've been complaining, making excuses all the time. And maybe God is saying, maybe it's time for you to start to take responsibility. Stop making those excuses. And last but not least, maybe God is speaking to us that says, that our response to God will be, God, I just want to be faithful to you because I love you. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. Hallelujah. So if that's you today, and you say, God, I want to be counted among the faithful, that at the end of the day, Jesus, I want you to come to me and say that, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm going to be faithful to you the rest of my life. The next 50, 60 years of, I'm just going to love you, Jesus. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to be faithful to you. If that's your commitment right now, the counter tree, I just want you to lift up your hands and I want you to pray to God. I want you to cry out to God because faithfulness is not passive. Faithfulness is active. In the name of Jesus, if that's you, one, two, and three, lift up your hands all over this place and we can pray. God, I have to see all these hands in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you will raise a whole new generation of faithful leaders for you in the house of God, Lord. That we want to be counted among the faithful. That, Lord, that is heart of God, church. We will be a faithful church. That we 
will be a faithful church of God. Hallelujah. Begin to pray. You have reached the end of the sermon. We pray that you've been blessed by the Word of God. To find out more about us, you can log on to www.heartofgodchurch.org or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at HOGC.